0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I have Debbie Emick on with us. She is the author of The Other Side of Perfect, Discovering the Mind-Body Connection to Healing Chronic Illness, and co-creator and and blogger of GoBucketYourself.com. So I'm super excited to have you on today, um, Debbie, and chat a little bit about um, your book and um, autoimmune diseases and chronic illness and kind of your journey there.
1: I'm so excited and grateful that you are having me on. I'm looking forward to the conversation, Andrea. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. So, first, I would kind of like to start with your book and, you know, what gave you inspiration um, for writing your book?
1: Yeah. So, um, I found myself in this really deep, dark place um, unexpectedly. I had been diagnosed with several autoimmune diseases and slowly but surely started working on things within my control and kind of transforming my life and doing so. And so I had worked on like what I ate and my, you know, exercise and fitness and cutting out, um, like toxins. So what I put on my body, in my body, I had, um, worked on using supplements, um, And those kinds of things to help. And I, I had narrowed down my prescriptions. And finally, I left um, like a 14 year career in teaching thinking that was the final thing, you know, I just needed to get rid of stress. And it was my job that was stressing me out. And so I left my my teaching career thinking, okay, finally, I found the thing that's going to solve it. And it wasn't until I had done all those things, thinking I had done everything I could to try to get better, to try to heal, that I really found myself in an emotionally dark place. And the book is a result of deciding I never wanted to go back there and also sort of like clawing my way out and finding a true source of of healing. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. So I would love to kind of dive, um, dive into that journey then. So, you know, you kind of mentioned switching out foods and exercise Um, you know, was that kind of the the tipping point for you when you started to remove all of that? And then was it those things or was it something Um, deeper that you discovered?
1: Yeah. So I, I do believe that those things contribute to our health, right. Or our our dis-ease for sure. And so I would not change that path or that journey or how long it took me to get where I am today. Those are necessary pieces of taking care of our body um, and our soul and our spirit. You know, all of those things are important. But what happened with me was I had developed these coping mechanisms, uh, through life. I had sort of repressed my emotions, never really dealt with some trauma in my childhood and thought, you know, I was just like, forgive, move on a positive person. And, and what I now know on the other side of this is that I had become like this perfectionist, this people pleaser Mm -hmm. and that personality style, um, you know, in addition to probably some lifestyle choices, led to this dis-ease in my body. But I, I just began looking at it from a very like pragmatic, traditional medicine place in the beginning. And it took a long time to just peel back layer after layer of how much control I had, and how much those things had contributed to my health. And so When I started working on food, it was easy for me to take it to a perfectionistic, over-controlling place, right? So um, over-controlling my food, probably losing too much weight, not eating enough. Um, The same with exercise. It was almost... I took it to this place of a punishment, right? Just overdoing it, punishing myself through the exercise. And so these things that can be very healthy, I were not healthy in me at first because I was never getting to that underlying source of the dysfunction that was going on within. I wasn't really conscious of it yet until I had that really like, for lack of better (laughs) term, dark night of the soul when I was like, how did I get here? How am I still not healthy? And, and answering that question um, took me, you know, back into my past, which helped me see how I became this perfectionistic, people pleasing person and sort of how to come out of that and through it.
0: Mm. Did you go to um, therapy for that? Or, you know, how did you kind of work and find that? Because I think, you know, as you were saying with the food and exercise, those can be easier fixes than really realizing like, oh, I have to go like and find the deep root of the issue and, you know,
1: start Mm -hmm. to dig that up. Exactly. Um, this was really the hardest work of all, you know, I, I think definitely people struggle with food or exercise or those things. And so, I don't want to negate that at all, but they're fairly simple, right? I can cut this food out. I can cut this food out. And I was good at like over controlling myself in that way. And so those were simple for me, maybe not easy. Um, but this was really hard work because I had spent over 30 years denying it, repressing it, not wanting to deal with it. And so, um, the short answer is no, I didn't go to therapy and I, am not a therapist. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not trying to give any advice that way, but it wasn't the path that I chose for various reasons. I'm sure you can uh, sort of make some assumptions there based on the things that I've said. But um, the first thing I, I did was I, um, I heard a talk by Brene Brown. And then I started listening to Brene Brown. So I started working on shame and vulnerability. And at the same time, I, I heard some, some, uh, words from Glennon at the time, Glennon Doyle, Melton, Glennon, Melton, and, um, and listened to her talk. And so I was able to sort of make some connections there and put some things together and understand I needed to work on, on shame. And, um there were other like simultaneous things going on where I I knew like maybe meditation was a path I should take and so I started doing that and I started journaling and realizing like how much research there is out there for journaling and ultimately I went to a chiropractor so I live in a really rural area in Colorado and it's an area where you wouldn't just go out and find someone that calls themselves a healer, right? So mm-hmm. she calls herself a chiropractor and she does chiropractic work. But when I went to her, she saw through like these external layers I had surrounded myself in and she just got like right to the heart of it. I asked her for like a probiotic. I just wanted her to give me this a probiotic supplement because I was confused by all the choices and that's not what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, like right away, she started working on my chakras. And then she did some other somatic type of work that really, um, it just cracked open something in me that, that made me realize that I had been, um, repressing these childhood memories. And, um, So right away, I went out and I was like looking for critics. So I talked to my husband and I was like, this is what she did. This is what she wants to do. And I thought he would say like, oh, well, don't do that. And he said, you know, why not? You've tried everything else. Give it a shot. And then I went to a good friend and I did the same thing. And she kind of felt the same way. And so I, I was constantly looking for either external validation or, you know, someone else to tell me what I should do. And still at that point in my life and, and they were not giving me that. And so I did keep going back and I did try and do my best. And I, I think it was a combination of all of those things at once. Um, but definitely the longer I went to her and we were working on like healing a leaky gut too. Um, but I felt like physical pain that I had been trying so hard for so long to get rid of leaving my body. And so then there was really no more denying that there was this mind body link. And that was sort of my key to getting past this physical pain and these physical symptoms that I had tried everything else to get beyond.
0: Wow. Um,
1: that's such a, such a powerful story.
0: And I have, um, my mom was kind of the same. She actually went to a, a chiropractic uh, work as well, who completely did something different than she was expecting. And she kind of did the same thing as you did, um, was like, is this, is this real? Like, I want that external validation. Um, and I think probably a lot of people listening, like we kind of are trying to find something, um, outside of ourselves rather than trusting our own instinct. So can you share a little bit about, you know, how you, you know, eventually said, okay, I gotta, I gotta trust myself and know that this is the process I'm supposed to be on
1: yeah um i mean i think that's the most important part of it right uh no longer seeking other people's ways of validating my ego um not that i ever was perfect and i certainly wasn't conscious of my perfectionism um and my need for people to validate my ego but once i realized you know okay, this is where I'm at. I never really contemplated the act of suicide, but I did in my mind have the thoughts of like, maybe my family would be better if this disease took me like quickly, you know, if I wasn't here. And so that question in my mind once I was on the outside of that, I knew I never wanted to go back, not really for myself, but for my daughters, I didn't want to perpetuate these cycles. And so everything after that was kind of like a, an answer to the question, how do I not go back there? And at first it was, it was superficial for sure. It was like, okay, maybe it's because I don't have a purpose anymore now that I'm, uh, you know, outside of my career that I had for so long, I didn't realize how much my ego really uh, thrived on, you know, people telling me what a good job I did. And so, um, so I started like an investor group, uh, because my husband and I invest in, in real estate. And so, you know, that didn't really do it. And I, I knew that like, instead of just giving up, I had to keep going. And ultimately I knew that I didn't know myself at all. So I didn't know what I need. You know, this investor group was kind of like this superficial band aid to finding my purpose. And, and I could see that. And I, I could see that like, I could give up and go back to where I was, but I needed to keep moving forward. And so then I knew I just needed to to figure out who I was outside of this, uh, persona. I had sort of, uh, let people see so that I could keep them at arm's length and not feel, you know, like abandoned by them or judged by them or whatever. And so, um, yeah, I would not say it, it was easy cause I, I wasn't used to doing it, but I gave myself permission to, um, follow my intuition, and then to fail and be wrong sometimes, mm-hmm. and so I didn't really do that gracefully. But um, each time I did it, I got a little better at it and a little better at trusting myself. The other thing is, I was I was meditating and I was journaling. Um, I had a a real routine that I felt helped me get in a good. place mentally. And so if I did those things, there definitely was a stronger intuition coming toward me. And I, I gave myself permission, uh, to follow it. And luckily my husband came along with me and supported me in doing that. And I know that was a big, a big piece of me being able to do it. You know, he kind of grew along with me instead of us growing apart. Um, and so, as I as I did that, my intuition grew stronger. It was almost like the the serendipity, the synchronicities, became more clear. Um, uh, there were, you know, people presented in my life that helped me grow, and people that left my life that were sort of contributing to that perfectionism and people pleasing. And so, all that stuff was happening at the same time, and it's not like I've arrived or I'm there. I'm still working on it. But if I allow uh, the intuition to come in, if I allow myself to trust myself, it does continue to grow. It does get stronger. The synchronicities do show up and appear and, and all of that magic beauty sort of of the universe.
0: Yeah, and how many how many years um you know were you kind of on that
1: journey? You know, was it like a year, a couple years? Yeah. Um so no, it was not quick. It is not quick. I the real like dark moment for me was about um 4 years ago and then um this book and following my intuition is all just the process of me actually releasing the childhood repressed emotions and trauma that I had never dealt with. And then, you know, writing a better story for myself out of it. Um, I started being diagnosed with autoimmune diseases 10 years ago. So the whole you know, circle of this has been really long. And, and my like perfectionist people pleasing type of personality would want it to be much, much quicker, for sure. But it, it has not been a quick process. It's been slow. um, And there's been, you know, some regression, and then some more movement forward. And it's, it's taken um, better part of four years, probably to get where I'm at now.
0: Yeah, that's where I was, um, I think, you know, highlighting that. Cause I think sometimes, uh, you know, we think it's going to be a quick fix or, Hey, it's going to be six months and then we're going to feel better. But like in my experience as well, you know, with Ayurveda, it's, it takes a long time, you know, to heal some of these things. Cause as you were saying, you've had them for years and years. And if you just didn't even know that they were there, you know, it's not going to magically heal overnight. Um, mm-hmm. So, and that you talked about the regressions. Cause I think sometimes too, you know, as you had stated like there is no necessarily there, you know, we're just kind of constantly evolving and learning. Um, so not getting frustrated with ourselves, if we do start to backslide and some of those habits, you know, that we thought were like, oh, I thought I, I had those down. So um, yeah. thank you for sharing that, because I think that's important to highlight. Um, another thing I wanted to kind of chat about, since you are, you said you were in a rural town, and I'm from a small town, uh, myself, originally, I was, it's a town of 500 people. And one of the things that I think that can happen in rural communities. And if anyone out there is listening, when you start the path of changing or um, just shifting kind of who you are and putting yourself out there in a different way, um, how was your experience with that in a smaller town? Um, Did you find, uh, you know, new friends or, because again, with a smaller community, there's only so many people who live there. So um, if someone's listening they're like, oh, I'm really afraid to make those changes because I am in such a rural community. Um, Do you have any tips for people around that?
1: yeah, I would, I mean, again, I would say the tip is just trust yourself and trust how things unfold. So that was not an easy thing because pleasing people is a very socially acceptable thing, right? People liked the person that I was. They liked what I did, you know, to make them happy or help them or or all of those things. And so um, creating boundaries, Saying no was really hard for me and it wasn't easy for other people to hear and, and see always. So that is true. And then another piece of a rural community is that holistic types of healing are probably not as socially accepted. Um, And so now on this side of it, I can see that the people that left Um, as I was going through this because I didn't do it perfectly you know I made mistakes trying to understand how to set boundaries and create boundaries and say no Um, some of them came back and in a more healthy you know form of a relationship um, that isn't so depleting to me and some of them are not back and in their place have come knew other people that supported my growth and healing. And so it's almost like people move in and people move out and they move in at the time that I needed that support and healing and out at others. And so I just stayed really open to people that were reaching out to me. And when I would when I would feel like I wanted to reach out to someone else or say something to them, I gave my permission, myself permission to do it. And now I have a group of supportive women around me, but they don't really live where I live. Right. They, we get together via zoom every two weeks and we chat and, uh, I can reach out to them anytime in between, you know, but they are women that I saw something that I wanted to support and grow in myself. And now I have that. I just don't physically have it in the place that I live. Mm. I don't know. Does that answer your question? Is there any yeah. tip in there?
0: That's helpful Well, I think, hopefully. I think the, you know, the zoom part, I think, cause I think sometimes we get stuck in our head of like, this is where we are, but with technology now, and especially you know this past year with a lot of things going online, I think that's something that sometimes, you know, just having that tip of like, oh yeah, there is there is another option out there, um, mm-hmm. and you know, connecting online. I'm sure there's tons of different groups if you you know explore on social media that you can connect into um, that might be a good fit for you. So I definitely think that was helpful. Mm-hmm. So I would love to know, um, you know, what resources have been most helpful for you, you know, kind of on your recovery journey?
1: Yeah. So if I were to say like, in retrospect, what I hope for people struggling with chronic illness and autoimmune disease would know is research that's, that's out there. That's good research. There's a lot of data that's been around for a long time that Physicians don't really put in front of you. And so that's the work of Bessel van der Kolk and Gabor Mate. Um, when the body says no is Gabor Mate, the body keeps the score is Bessel van der Kolk. And that's this idea that for whatever reason, whether it's our personality type, whether it's repressed emotions, whether it's trauma that we've never dealt with, um, when our nervous system is set up in a certain way, like in fight, flight or, fight or flight mode, it has real chemical reactions that create physical responses in our body that cause it to break down. So for someone looking for medical you know, explanations and research, there is a connection between our mind and our body. And I think those resources really help understand that. And so it's really impossible to heal the physical body without healing the emotional body as well. And that's eventually where I came after trying all of these superficial things, which by the way, I still have, I have a rheumatologist, a cardiologist, a pulmonologist. I haven't been able to go off all of my medications. There's, there's need there and there's value there. But at the same time, there's other things that we aren't told when we just rely on traditional medicine. And so those are two really good resources. And then, as I mentioned, um, Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle Melton, um, those women and people like them really helped me just gave me permission to work on these things helped me sort of understand how to be vulnerable and work through them and maybe, uh, see the, the layers I had put around myself to protect myself. So, and what advice, um, would you have for people who might be suffering
0: like chronic illness? You know, do you have any tips for them?
1: Yeah, I, tons of tips, (laughs) (laughs) but just to make it really quick, you know, um, I think the first step is just awareness. So become aware of what you're saying to yourself or what your mind wants you to hear. Become aware of your patterns and your routines and then learn to detach from those. So just be the observer of what you, what's going on in your mind and don't attach to it, right? I'm, I'm not my mind. I am not my body. I am not my experiences or my possessions or my job or my illness. I am not those things. And I can sort of know that once I become aware of what my mind is saying and detach from what my mind is saying. And I think those two things are the first steps to healing from anything. So, Um, you know, you might be telling yourself you're sick often, you might be um, looking for permission to rest and relax through your sickness, you might be identifying with your illness. And so you might just be telling yourself really mean things that aren't true, you're beating yourself up in your mind, and maybe your body hears that and it takes that seriously, you know, you're your body doesn't know the difference between what's true and what's not true. It just knows what you tell it. And so, yeah, those are, are the first two things I would say. Become aware, just listen without judging, and then uh, learn to detach from, from those things you're, you might be hearing your mind say. Mm-hmm. Yes, that,
0: that's a practice that I like to do. Um, you know, with clients of mine, if they talk about like, oh, my, my bad knee or Mm. this side of my body is not, not good or not as flexible. And, um, you know, just trying to reframe that and just kind of catch yourself from being like, okay, because then it hears that, like I had a client who eventually she needed a knee replacement surgery, but she would talk so kindly to that knee because it was doing the best that it could. And um, it was just like beautiful practice to just remind Mm -hmm. yourself, you know, your body is listening. Like it, it knows and the knee, um, you know, the doctors told her she would need it 10 years earlier than she had it. So, I mean, just, that's a powerful practice. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't tried it and just, you can kind of catch yourself in those loops or I might catch, you know, sometimes we need that outside person to say, Hey, did you mean to say that to yourself? Because sometimes it can be mm-hmm. such a pattern habit that we don't even realize we're in that. So um, that's a, that's a great practice.
1: Definitely. Another
0: thing um, with your book. So writing a book, like I'm in the process of working on it uh, one mm-hmm. this year myself, what kind of motivated you to do that? Because writing a book is a big project. So, you know, what was that motivation like for you?
1: Well, ultimately it was healing so that I did not uh, perpetuate whatever cycle I was in for my daughters. And so mm-hmm. the first thing was just like, if if the only gift I get from this is that I heal myself um, so that I can, you know, also help my daughters not get to this point. That's great. And so it was more just like journaling when I started. And then it kind of, you know, just following my intuition and guidance, it became clear, maybe this could become a book. And so, um, so I made a real practice out of it, you know, where I, I, I figured out how many words I wanted to write. And then i set aside time for it every morning at a certain time where I closed the door and I was off limits, which was another big step in sort of loving myself, following my own tuition, following my own guidance, putting up those boundaries that I had never really done with my family before. And before I knew it, you know, I was to my word count because I had just done that each day. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then it, as, as I wrote it, kind of became a love letter to like my younger self or my little sister, being able to read this before getting to this point. Um, And, you know, at the end, it just became like a greater hope that if it could help anyone else struggling with um, autoimmune disease, chronic illness, or you know i'm a woman in my early 40s i had been going through this through my 30s and so many people that knew what i was going through reached out and asked for advice and asked for help and so this is my answer to that you know this is very vulnerable very real gets right to the heart of what i believe you know is the best way to heal and this is this is the best i can do for them in helping them with answering those questions mm-hmm.
0: One thing that you mentioned was, you know, healing for healing your daughters. So can you Mm -hmm. talk about that? If someone's kind of new to like hearing that language of like healing yourself can
1: help heal the next generation. Oh, sure. I mean, I wish I knew at the beginning that it was sort of about, you know, like healing ancestral trauma or, or this cycle that I was in that my mom, you know, must have felt at some point in her life. And I didn't really know that. I just knew that I didn't have a worthiness within myself when I started. Um, But I found that worthiness in my daughters and I knew that if I could not make conscious these unconscious um, patterns and routines in my mind and in my actions that I would be just giving all of that to them. And I didn't want to give that to them. I didn't want to give an autoimmune disease to them at first. Right. So then I really over controlled their diet. But then I realized, you know, there were, there were all these unconscious things that i was perpetuating by not even realizing them so that sounds kind of weird but then it was just a way of unpacking the things i was thinking and doing and saying unconsciously that i was putting on them so you know i i didn't want them to become perfectionists so that was the first bit of un, unpacking i didn't want them to become people pleasers and just by being who i was I was pushing that on them too. And so it, it was about, they were worthy of healing, even if I couldn't find that worthiness within myself. And it took this whole journey to find that worthiness within me. Um, yeah. And certainly I, I hope it, it breaks some cycles for sure. Well, thank
0: you so much, you know, for sharing all your wisdom with us today, Debbie, it's been such a pleasure getting to know your story and for you to be so open about it. Um, where can people find your book and
1: connect with you at? Ah, oh, thank you so much, Andrea. I really appreciate real conversation. So this has been a pleasure for me. Um, the book, by the time this comes out, should be available anywhere online where people get their books. So, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, other online retailers of books. Um, If you go to gobucketyourself.com forward slash books, you'll find the book, a link to get the book there. And then a place where you can also get a journal that I created to go along with the book for your own personal healing and growth. You know, our stories are all unique. And so hopefully it helps you go along with the book and do your own healing. Uh, when I hang out on socials, I'm at imperfectprogress.me on Instagram. And my husband and I have a podcast called One Life Live It by Go Bucket Yourself. And so you can check out any of that as well. That sounds wonderful.
0: Well, I always like to finish with one um, final question. And then when I have a guest on, I like to have you guys kind of throw out a weekly challenge to everyone. So what would you like that
1: weekly challenge to be? Yeah, this is a tricky one for me. I imagine your listeners might be a bit advanced in this healing journey, which is amazing. But I would challenge anyone to do those two things that I said, which is just first become aware of the unconscious thoughts, patterns, uh, routines in your life that you might hear yourself cycling through in your mind, and then detach from those or any of the roles you've sort of assigned to yourself. So, if you're struggling with autoimmune disease or chronic illness, um, learn to instead of cycling through those unconscious thoughts, maybe tell yourself, I am not my body, I am not my disease. I am not my illness. I am not my pain. So maybe, you know, first aware, then replace with this detached place. So I don't know how specific you get with your challenges. If you say no, like, I
0: love it. Okay. <laughs> That's
1: perfect. And cool. I'll put
0: that, I'll usually do that in the show notes as well. So people can kind of find it and, um, you know, take note of it. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you, Andrea. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.